0: Hey, man. Well guys, we are excited just to be able to gather today, and yet even as we begin, we want to just let you guys know, if you don't already know, it's a little bit of a different Sunday for us. It's a little bit of a different time for us, and we're going to kind of tack it just a different way, that in one way is we want to talk about where we are as a church and with some significant changes that are taking place. You may already know, we sent out an email just so that it didn't catch everybody off surprise, uh, but just in case you didn't get it, I thought we'll just take a moment and show you the video that Pastor Phil made for us this week. So here's the video, and then we'll talk about it.
1: Hey guys, it's Pastor Phil, and I'm reaching out to you today with a pretty significant announcement. I'll just cut right to the chase and let you know that I believe that God is leading me to step out in faith and to begin to pursue some areas of ministry that have been on my heart for a long time. So with that, I'll be stepping down from my various roles of the church at the end of this year. Now, this is just a very, very bittersweet thing for me. In one sense, it's very exciting. It's, it's exhilarating. It's thrilling to step out in faith and to serve the Lord and to watch him go before me and order my steps and open doors before me. That's all very exciting, but it's also really difficult. I've been at the church now for 22 years, 22 years. That's a long time. This is the only church that my children have ever known. And so this is going to be a very big adjustment both for me and my family. But can I tell you the hardest part of this, the hardest thing by far is that I will miss serving the Lord with you. I I love you guys so much. I love the people of this church. I love serving among you. And that is going to be uh, the most difficult thing of all is that I will miss seeing you every week. So as we talk about change, as we talk about transitions, I don't know how that strikes you. You might be really excited for me right now. Uh, You might also have concerns. You might be wondering, well, what is this going to look like going forward? And as much as I can, I just want to put your heart's and your mind's at ease, and just remind you that the Lord is the head of his church, that God is the head of his church, that he's going before us to prepare good works that we would walk in them. I believe God has good things for us, so as much as I can, I just want to put you at ease and let you know that in in time, all of these things, that God is going to be at work in them, and that he's going to be glorified in the midst of it. If you have questions, if you have concerns, Pastor Jim will be sharing at length this Sunday. He's going to be talking about this during our time of Bible study. He'll be sharing from the scriptures, he'll be sharing from his heart. He'll be giving us a vision of what it's going to look like going forward as well as talking about opportunities for you to step into and begin to serve the Lord perhaps in new ways. So please don't be troubled. Uh Trust the Lord, I believe he's going to go before us and I believe that he has good things in store. You may also be wondering, well, Pastor Phil, what is it that you're going to be doing? And to answer that question, let me give you just a little bit of my background, a little bit of my story. It was 22 years ago that I came to this church to serve alongside Pastor Jim. And at that time, my expectation was that I would be here probably about two years, that was really my thought. I'd be here for two years, and then God would send me elsewhere or send me out to do ministry in in one way or another. Well, here we are. It's been 22 years, and 20 years longer than I ever imagined. If you had told me that I would be here for 22 years, I don't think I ever would have believed you, and yet, uh, guys, I am so thankful for this season. I don't have any regrets. I'm so thankful to Pastor Jim. I'm so thankful to our servant team and to the Lord for giving me this opportunity. And yet, with that said, there's always been a sense, I've always had a sense, that God would sooner or later, that he would open the door for me to go out and he would open the door for new areas of ministry for me. And I just believe that now is that time. For me, it it was never an if, it was always a when, uh, when it would happen. And I believe, Autumn believes, we both just sense that God has preparing us been preparing us for this for this season for this time now with that said i have to tell you as he began to stir us up for this we really had no idea what it would look like we just began to take little steps of faith we didn't know where we would end up we didn't know what we would be stepping into or or where we would be even be going we just wanted to follow the lord's leading and so we began to take little steps of faith it reminds me of the story um one of my favorite stories, in fact, of Jesus walking on the water. It's, it's a, an account that has always stuck out to me, always been special to me. And I've shared it a number to- of times in my teaching, talked about it as an illustration and such. And, and now I have the chance uh, to step out and and uh, to get out of the boat. And the, the story, if you're familiar with it, it's the account of Jesus walking on the water. And if you remember the story, the the waves are crashing and and they're coming into the boat and Jesus just walks by and he's walking on the sea and he invites Peter to step out of the boat and onto the waves and to walk on the water with him. And in a very real way, for me, it's just kind of an exciting moment that I get to do this. I, I get to step out of the safety of the boat, step out into the unknown, and just walk with the Lord. So it's an exciting moment for me and and just praying that uh, the Lord would would lead me into all that he has. Well, with that said, I want to pray the same for you and ask the same for you, that God would bring you into everything that he has. And here's kind of my specific prayer for Calvary Chapel of Roswell. I am praying that these ministries that I've been a part of, these ministries that I've overseen, that God would take them to new heights, that God would expand them, that God would grow them, that God would cause these ministries to be more fruitful in the future. And I'm praying that God would breathe just fresh life into these ministries, that he would bring new leaders into them, new people to, to come and participate and be a part of them, and that God would bless them to the glory of his name. That's what I'm praying for. And so if you sense that the Lord is leading you into any of these areas, then I just wanna encourage you, step out in faith, be open, be willing to step out of the boat and onto the water. And so with that said, I just want to thank you. I wanna thank you for your friendship over the years. I wanna thank you for your prayers, those of you that have prayed for me, those of you who have encouraged me, those that have served alongside me, I, just, I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for this opportunity. Uh, I, I will always uh, think fondly of Calvary Chapel, of Roswell, and in so many ways, this will always be home and you will always be family. And so may the Lord richly bless you.
0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you that you are a God who's at work. And even just kind of hearing this news for some, it's stuff they already knew, others it may be fresh. And yet right now, we just gaze upon you and so excited to recognize you as a God who's at work and believe that, want that, and even ask right now that you would just be with us and, and help us as we process and think this through just for a moment. Lord, would you be in this moment and be here now? We ask for that together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, so as we walk this through and in many ways try to process through uh, the announcement that we've just kind of shared with you, we wanted to take a moment this morning and kind of, again, just do special. And so this is a special kind of a, a time of sharing. We'll be back in First John next week, but wanted to talk a little bit about how do we, how do we respond to this? How, how should you Uh, right now be feeling or responding, where are we going with this? And I want to just begin with a a recognition that our desire, first of all, is to speak comfort into your life. Now, here's how this works. For some of you, uh, you are visiting today, and we're so glad to have you here. And this might just be a weird moment for you, like I did not even have any kind of reality. That said, we we believe even just being able to walk with us in this would be fun to see a little bit of how we do that. But we just want to say, if you are here for the first time or visiting, hey, this is not normal for us. This is not what we normally do on Sunday morning. We tackle a Bible verse, and we're going to be in that next week. We're doing First John. We'll be back in First John uh, chapter one and verse five next week, and so inviting you to that. But still believing that even if you're just visiting or even newer here, that this doesn't feel as significant for you, that in one sense, God would work this even in your life. That said, for some of you, it's a really big deal. I mean, we we just have kind of communicated. For some of you, for many of us, this has been a very long time. I mean, Pastor Phil has served with us for 22 years, and that's such an incredible reality. And somehow even just trying to process that news can be challenging. And again, I want to begin by just saying, hey, we want to communicate God's comfort, or long that God would be his comfort in the midst of this. I think about what Jesus told us as he gave us uh, the Great Commission to go out into all the world. He tells us in lo, I will be with you always even to the end of the age, that in one sense, the reality of what he's called us to be in this world is never apart from his presence. He says, I'll be there. I'll be right in the midst of that. In fact, we have the passage there in Hebrews that tells us that he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God promises. God promises to be with us right now in the midst of it. And some ways that's where we need to be. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor Jim? Well, understand this that really one of the great keys of living life, of living the Christian life out, is being able to be in that moment, be present. I, I love uh, the quote from Jim Elliott. I share it often. It's one of my favorite quotes. That he just simply said it this way He says, Wherever you are, be all there. Now, I just want you to think about this with me for a moment. That's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. And to be honest, Few of us do that well. Few of us do this place where we, we are in this moment, but it's in this moment that God has promised to meet us, that he said, I'll be with you. I'll be right there. We have a propensity of leave, either living in the past or living in the future, you know, living either in regrets or desires where you lay awake at night and think, well, you know, what if I'd done this and what if I'd done that? It's like, really? Like, is that going to do? I mean, never did anybody any good, You know, or thinking, you know, hey, in the future we're gonna be there. It's like, how do you really know? God has promised to meet us in this moment. And I wanna invite you into this moment. Because the reality is, some of the things that keep us away from that, or even our response to it, it can be even that place of dealing with grief. And I recognize that for some of you, that's not where this is right now, but it might be. Or it might even be just kind of picturesque of where you are. And maybe you know some of the understandings of that. Some of the things that people go through as they respond to change or sorrow, grief. You know, there can be that place of denial. Like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's not happening. I don't believe it. Or that place of anger. Like, I'm just mad. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated at Pastor Phil. I'm frustrated at God. I'm frustrated at Pastor Jim. I mean, you can be mad. Or that place of bargaining. Like, we're going to do something. Like, okay, I'm going to pray him out of it. You know, you know, like you're already thinking, like I'm going to talk to Pastor Phil, I'm going to talk him out of it. That, you know, you already got it. Like, we're and please understand us. We want God's will. And if God guided Pastor Phil to say, we would be all in. We would be 100% in. That just doesn't seem to be anywhere he's guiding. Everything has continued to confirm that this is his direction. We're not afraid of God's guidance. And if he were to reverse that, but having said that, for some of you, again, part of that is like, no, I just don't want that. And yet the reality of it is being able to say, hey, this is where we are. I mean, the, the, the reality of your life is that you're here today in this space in life and you can be no other place. And the reality for us as a church is being able to say, this is where, this is that moment. And instead of it being, you know, kind of confusing or afraid or in that, we, we want to say, God, you promised to meet us in this moment. And this is where we are. This is where we are. And again, I just want to invite you into that, to be with us together as a church and yet in that longing for God's comfort, because this is where God said he would meet you. God said he would be the God who comforts us in our spaces, that he would be the one that gives us our daily bread, that he would be the one that would meet us today. And the reality is that when you're not here today, when your brain and mind is living somewhere else, you are missing the reality of what God is wanting to do in your life right now. So today I just want to begin by just saying, if that's you know where that is, and for some of you, again it's small; some of you it's big. May God just comfort, even in this moment where you're just like, okay, I don't like it. I don't know if I like change. I don't know if I want this to happen. Um, we just want to say this is where we are, and, and there's a sense of comfort. There's also just a sense where I want to just kind of communicate, even as Pastor Phil did in his video, just the confidence of what God is doing. I, I love the way it gives it to us in Philippians, where Paul would look at the church there, and he says, "This is the confidence." That we have of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That he looks at the church there and Philippi says, here's my confidence. My confidence is God is working. He started, and what he started, he never gives up on. He hasn't brought us this far to, to let us down. He hasn't ever kind of done that. And there's a confidence in that incredible reality. And I think about where this is for Pastor Phil, and again, I wanna just communicate, we are so excited uh, to see what's taking place. We're excited for Pastor Phil to go out, we're excited for them uh, to step into what this is, and we're confident that God is doing a good work. And we just wanna make sure that that's abundantly clear. I mean, we just recognize how gossip works, or people, well, is Pastor Jim and Phil, are they okay? Did somebody get mad? It's like, no. Like, I could serve the rest of my life with Pastor Phil easy, It, it would be a joy we're not, that's, there's no problems, there's nothing in this, and instead, we're excited to see God moving, and, and for Pastor Phil, again, as he shared, this isn't something that was, like, brand new, like, we've never really thought, no, it's always been there, I mean, from the very first day that he joined, uh, just came alongside me 22 years ago, we've known from that point to this point that he that God was going to call Phil out. I mean, we often thought it would happen more quickly than this. We almost like you know, just just, as Phil shared, but God's timing is so incredibly wild that way. I mean, it's kind of almost a consistent biblical thing, like Moses at 40 years old. It tells us there in in Acts that he's like, I think I'm going to be the deliverer, and it's like, well, not yet. It's gonna be another 40 years before you do that. I mean, we, we get even Abraham who begins coming out of the of the Chaldees and gets about halfway in there and there's these spaces of waiting. We get even Paul the Apostle who, you know, right off the bat just longs to be this zealous firebrand and yet he's gonna spend 10 years in the desert God often has those spaces, unexpected moments that just allow seasons of growth, and we believe that's exactly what's happened in the midst of Pastor Phil's life, but again, we move towards this with a confidence that God is doing some incredible good things. In fact, I think about it, so I think about what God's been doing in this year. I found myself drawn to a passage there in Hebrews where it simply says it this way, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. So here's what I want you to think about. And then we think about this whole thing, and again, Phil's known for, for as long as I've known him, that God probably was putting on his heart to be a senior pastor, to, you know, to, to be a part of a church that way, and we've just never really kind of, we keep waiting to see what that would look like. And earlier this year, Pastor Phil just came to, to me and then to our leadership and just said, guys, I, I think it's coming. I think this might be, you know, I really have a sense that God stirring it up, and then as we began walking through it in the summer and and talking about it, he you know came to me, and then we came to our leadership and just said, "Hey, it's probably this year." But the fun thing, I mean, the really really fun thing was it was it wasn't clear what it would be. I mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't a sense it's like I'm leaving because I'm going to go do this. Now that was a little bit of a problem. I mean, you you know, maybe you're kind of a practical person. It's like, well, you can't you know. You can't leave this until you know what you're doing, and, and the fun thing is that's not actually how this happened. Um, everything that's kind of led this year was, you know, I don't know what God's doing, and it really is this place where Abraham, it's like, okay, I think I'm being called to go that direction. I don't actually know where it's going to land. I don't actually know where it's going to land, but I know I'm being called to, t- to take a step of faith. That's really where Phil and Autumn are. Now, just to be clear, there are several opportunities they're looking at. There is another uh, Calvary Chapel that is looking probably for a senior pastor. It's very possible that Phil will end up there, but it's also entirely possible he won't. I mean, it might be like if God, you know, we think about, you know, we take steps and, you know, we make plans. God directs our steps, and so here's the deal. We, we're not holding this before you in a, in a way of saying, hey, we know for sure where this, but I, I'm confident that it's going to work. I'm confident that it's gonna, not going to be long before we begin to he- see this work out in, in, in Pastor Phil's life. I really believe he has that calling as a senior pastor and just excited to see what that looks like. I don't think it's the end for us. We're family forever. We hope to still like bring him back every now and then and have him share some, uh, when maybe when I'm on vacation or things like that. So again, all of that simply is I want you to feel confident. I want you to have that confidence that God is at work in Pastor Phil and and to believe that and and to believe that and even pray for that, to to be those who do that. Now, you may already be doing that. Uh, You may have us as part of your prayer life, and we know that some of you do, and we love that. Maybe for some of you, you want to adopt us even more. It's like, okay, this is a big transition for Pastor Phil and Autumn, we're going to start praying for them. We're going to pray that God would bring them into everything He has, and maybe kind of keep up with them in the midst of it, saying, "Hey, keep us in the loop." And I think that would be a fun reality just for you to be a part of. But in this sense, again, just communicating confidence. So there's comfort, there's confidence. We want to make sure you get out of this. Then I want to express just a, a message of our needed dependence. Now let me kind of back up and kind of begin it this way. So I, I've done a little bit of research and and and, and tried to figure out you know, how do you even process this through? It's a big deal for us. Um, and how do you do transitions? How do, how do transitions work in a church and, and those things? So I, I, as I've kind of sought to find wisdom and reasonings, you know, one of the things that they said that would really be helpful for a church and really be helpful for, peop, for people is if they could be confident in, in, the, in the transition process and kind of be involved in it and understand, like, how is this going to work? Where are we going? And I just want to try to say this carefully if that's needed in a transition, then we are about to leave you in a very hurting place, because I want to be as honest as I can. We actually have no idea. We actually have no idea exactly where this is going. We have no idea what that's going to look like. We have no idea. You know, we don't have a plan yet. We haven't figured out what this looks like. I found myself thinking of a verse there in Chronicles that gives us a King Jehoshaphat as he's facing an, an overwhelming enemy. He's praying, and he says, for we have no power Against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That could not be more clear than where we are. We have no idea. We, 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 we don't have this figured out. We don't have a, a, a way like where we fully understand who's going to be taking the different roles and hats that Pastor Phil wears. We, we have not yet been able to kind of see that it wasn't like, "Oh, this is obviously happening this way. But our, so we have no idea what we're going to do, but we are confidently looking to God. Now, I don't know where that finds you. That may be like, okay, that's helpful. Or again, maybe not a part of it. I just want to bring it into you where I am. I mean, in one sense, it's terrifying. I mean, it's just it's scary. I mean, I don't know how to communicate that better. I mean, we've been doing this for 22 years. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to kind of work at it. And so to be honest, there are, there are those moments. There are those three o'clock in the morning moments when I wake up and like, ah, like, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, you know, you just, I don't even know. And, and so that's definitely a part of this moment. But there's another part of it that I want to kind of bring you into where I'm actually really excited. I, I'm, I'm excited in that place because we are dependent on God doing it. And it kind of brings me back. I mean, you know, we've been a church now for 27 years and uh, Phil joined us five years in and you know, in that whole process, there are moments where, you know, you're just very, very clear. It's like, okay, God, if you don't come through, this is not going to work. <laughs> now, honestly, actually, that's always true. I mean, we can't do anything without Jesus, but let's also be honest. I mean, Phil and I have developed a rhythm. We have a momentum that kind of works well together, and so we kind of know how things are working, and so as we're gazing into the future, the momentum's about to come crashing down, and, and in, in one sense, what that means for me is like, okay, I'm actually kind of excited. I'm excited because. You know, I don't believe God's brought us this far to let us down. I don't think, you know, that there's, that he doesn't have a plan, even though we don't fully see the plan yet. Um, so I'm actually really excited to see that. In fact, I found myself thinking about Paul when he would talk about it as he was speaking to the church there in Corinth, and he says, in my speech and my preaching, we not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, in in one sense, this is the message. He says, so our message wasn't human. It's not this human reasoning. It's not this human wisdom. It's not human power, and that's true. But I think even in the process of how that works through, he says, here's what we want you to do. We don't want you to be confident in us. We don't want you to be confident in some human reasoning or plan. We want you to see God at work. We want you to see God's power. We want you so that when God works, you would be able to say, okay, that was God. That was God. That's what he's done. And that's a little bit where we are right now. We're in a place where we're longing for that to happen, where we're longing to see, you know, what that looks like and and longing to see God come through. Now, so very, very practically, as we think about moving forward, how do we need to see that? Well, as Pastor Phil steps out, and again, his intention is to stay here through the end of the year. So we have about a month and a half of, of watching him and walking alongside him, but we have some definite spaces that we need to fill. So here's what we've done. We've kind of put a little sheet up. It's out on the counter back there that kind of has this thing called Calvary Staff Applications. And then there, we're letting you guys know of three areas that are really serious needs, things that are not really optional things that as we move into 2022 that we need to fill. And we want to give you that opportunity, if that's something you're interested in, that you could let us know. Now, let's also be entirely clear. I've never done it this way before, so this might be a really good idea, and this might be a really bad idea, and if it is, we'll figure it out from there. But in one sense, what we wanted to do is to make sure that you're a part of it and said, here's what we need. We have, you know, Phil wears a number of hats here. Uh, He's a full-time person on staff, and so we're looking at kind of breaking this up into part-time positions, some places that would be a part of it, and there are three areas that we have need of. So let me just kind of quickly walk you through them so you can kind of understand them. And then again, you can come and ask us questions and kind of help us walk through it. But we definitely think about worship. We think about Phil leading us in worship. That's probably the most clear one that you guys see each time. And We're just not exactly sure where this is going. We know this, that things need to to grow. And so we are kind of looking and saying, we'd like to raise up a number of people within our worship ministry to, to come alongside this. And so we kind of want to put that out to you and just say, is that you? Is that you? And we didn't know it, you know, that you're like, well, actually, I think that's me. I think that's really the calling that I have or I'd like to be a part of that. Um, if it's, you know, really to be a leader or even to be a participant in that, we have a definite need as we move forward. Now, we have our worship team. They're still with us, and they're going to keep serving, and so that's, you know, we but we need to augment and bring in alongside that, and so in the worship ministry, that's a key need, and so that would be a part-time position that would be kind of services and probably at least one day a week, if not more, kind of in a part-time position. Then we have our children's ministry director. So, Phil oversees our children's ministry, and so as he steps out, that's an area we need. Now, we have some volunteers there. We have some servants. We have Amy uh, Bohr who's on staff with us, and she is kind of an administrator in the midst of that. She's going to continue in that capacity, but we really are looking for someone who would be that person that would have kind of an overall view and just work within the children's ministry. That would include kind of helping establish policies, kind of helping them happen, kind of being that person that works that, that person that does kind of raising up volunteers, which is always hard, by the way. If you're wanting to serve in children's ministry, we really need you, FYI. But you're always looking to raise up volunteers. We always have people needed in children's ministry. So this person would do that and really be a part of helping present that into uh, the congregation, keeping us in line with that, training those who, who are a part of that, just really investing into them. So again, we actually don't know who this is. Uh, we, we, you know, again, it kind of has this like, okay, maybe that person is here, and you didn't know there was a need or you're interested in that. Again, it's part-time, so we're talking services Sunday and Wednesday, and again, probably some time during the week as well. But again, we're looking for somebody who would be kind of a children's ministry director. Then lastly, uh, Phil also helps us. He, he, he's been taking care of our accounting, our, our finances, uh, for the last couple of years, uh, Cindy Hunter has been kind of his second, you know, kind of in the midst of it. She's been kind of the person that works that. She's going to be stepping into the primary place. She's going to be the person that takes care of that. But now we need someone to kind of fill what she was, which would be that secondary person that would be just kind of minced into the accounting and, and the business aspects of the church. And so, again, that would be services and probably one day, two days a week, something like that, some, some hours that would be flexible in the midst of that. But these are three areas that we would be looking for so here's the deal If that sounds like you or you know somebody who's interested here's what we're doing again might be a terrible idea it might work really bad and we'll never do it this way again uh, or it might be good but we just wanted to give you the opportunity to let us know so if that's you and you're interested hey just give us a resume you know, mail it in to us email it into us and in that would you also take time to answer a few questions Questions that would help us understand what God has done in your life, like how it began, how you got saved, what he's done, and then just describe for us a little bit where you are. I mean, just give us a a window that says, here's what God's doing in me right now, here's where I am, And, and maybe even where it's going. But in the midst of that, just take some time to help us process through you know, what you sense that might be a reason for you to serve there. Gifts, talents, experience you have and those kinds of things. Just let us know and give it to us, like I said, in writing that we, get, we have a time to pray about it. We can kind of pass it out to our, our, our board and stuff, and we can be in prayer. And then, of course, we'd meet with you and, and talk with you, that kind of stuff. But it would at least help us begin moving forward. So again, that's kind of where we are. These are the things that we're looking for. It's certainly not the only areas that we're looking to raise up people in. So there's always opportunities in the church. But right now, these are the ones that are about to be vacated, that we have no idea. I mean, again, we it, it, just trying to be honest with you, and I hope it's not you know, incredibly disappointing. You know, you're know, you like, well, I thought you guys had it better in hand than that. It's like, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't actually know, but we're kind of excited to watch come, God come through and work in the midst of it, so we, we find ourselves in a beautiful place of dependence, longing that God would work that. But that moves us into this idea that in the midst of it, kind of the fourth thing I want to say is really just a place of reaching forward, of advancing into the things that God has for us. So as we think about where we are as a church and what we're going through, again, I'm trying to communicate comfort so you know God's with us, confidence that God is working, active dependence, but I want to give you just this idea that we're meant to be reaching forward. See, I think about Paul. He gives it to us this way in his own testimony. In Philippians 3, he says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So here's this incredible moment where Paul says, here's this what I do. It's just really one thing. There's one thing I do, and so here's kind of the way I'm living my life, the way that I'm walking through it. He says, I forget those things which are behind, and then I'm reaching for those things which are ahead. I'm I'm trying to grab hold of what God is putting right in front of me. So it's this idea of reaching out grabbing what God is putting right in front of us that we want to talk to you about. Again, it kind of goes back to what I said a moment ago, just with that quote from Jim Elliott, where he says, wherever you are, be all there. You know, just be here, you know, in that place where Paul said, here's what I do. I I don't live in the past. I, I, you know, uh, there might be regrets. There might be mistakes. There might be things I messed up. I can get God's forgiveness, but I can't go back. There is no rewind. There is no undo. So all I can do is live where I am. And and so part of the key in our life is to be able to say with Paul, one thing I do, I don't live in the past. I I live here. I live in this moment. I forget the past. But then Paul says, but I'm also reaching ahead. I'm not just in that sense, just like, here I am, and I'm just kind of going to coast through this whole thing. It's like, I, I, I want what God has. So as Jim Elliot gives this quote, the next part of the quote simply says, live to the hill every situation you believe to be the will of God. She says, when you figure it out, go all in. I mean, like, okay, that's what God's leading, and I want I to an an do it with an intention and an abandon. I want to do it with an intention abandon. And then he goes on to say in his, you know, familiar quote for you guys who know it, you know, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. You know, it's like, okay, that, this is a good way to live your life, to say, I want what's in front of me. Well, that's where we are. It's certainly where we want to be as a church. We want to just say, okay, we want to grab what that is. And so I want you to think that through with me for a moment a little bit of a vision, a little bit of an understanding of God's intention for a church. And so I'll tell you what would you do this? Grab a Bible. Would you open it up with me to Ephesians chapter four? Ephesians chapter four. Again, if you have a Bible, that'd be great. Open up there. If you need to open it electronically, that would be wonderful. Just inviting you guys in here in the overflow online, join us as in many ways, Paul lays out for us one of the incredible, beautiful pictures of God's intention for church that really says, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. And again, there's a lot of different sections in the Bible that do this. This isn't the only one, but it's one of my favorites. And again, as we think about where we are, I just want to help you kind of say, okay, this is what we want to do. So he begins it this way. Ephesians chapter four, as he kind of lays this out beginning there in verse seven. He says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he let captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all things that he might fill all things. Okay, let's just be honest. That's a bunch of stuff he just said. There's no way to get into everything he said, but part of what he's telling us is helping us gain this window into the incredible work that Jesus has done for us. Now, the basis of this, the basis of this is what we've celebrated in communion this morning, that he who was on high descended. He he came. He lived a Human life. He became a part of this world. He he laid down his life for us, and then he ascended. He ascended into heaven, and he told us, "It's good for me to go away because then the Holy Spirit's going to come, and He's going to be power in your lives, and He's going to do things that could be more than that." And part of what that does for us is kind of breathe into the life of a Christian a purpose breathes into our life that every Christian isn't, there's no Christian who's meant to be just a spectator. That's just kind of, you know, a consumer in that sense. It's always meant to be a participant. That's why he says it again there in verse seven, to each one of us, to each and every one of us. In fact, I like the way it gives it to us in Ephesians, or it gives it to us this way, for we are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Powerful truth, true for every Christian. God has done a work in you, and you are, if you are created, if you've been born again, if you have believed in Jesus and you are his, then he has not only brought you into life, but he's taken your life on as a project, you're his workmanship, so that your life could do things that would make eternal differences, that he would prepare you for good works that not only he's forming you to do, but he's preparing you to do those good works. He's laying those things out in front of us, that God has given us that. And so in many ways here in in these first verses, he's telling us that, that this is what he's done, that every Christian has this measure of Christ's gift. All of us, because of his death and resurrection, now have this part to play in the kingdom of God, this part of the body of Christ that, again, all of us have that, and that's, again, just a powerful place, and I hope you believe that. Uh, if you don't, I'm just going to tell you, you're, you're not on good biblical ground. None of you have no purpose. None. Of, there's not a single Christian here that would say, okay, my... I am just here to watch. <laughs> That's kind of my whole intention of life is to get saved and then watch what God's doing and go home. That's never the God's intention. There's not a single Christian here that Jesus was unfaithful to do what he promised, that he gave you a measure of his gift, that he gave you a measure of, his, of the Spirit of God in you and upon you so that your life could have just A point and a place in the midst of that. So just believing that would be helpful. Just believing, okay, there's a plan for my life. There's a purpose for my existence. There's a purpose for what God would want to do in me, just to believe that. In the midst of that, he gives it to us this way. He goes on and says in verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. We would say it in a very modern way that he has given leadership. He gives leaders into the church, and without spending a bunch of time on it, I'm going to give you a very childlike, simple, though it's more profound than this, that as he gave the lead out, he gives it first to his apostles. I would tell you from my personal opinion, I think that's the New Testament description of a missionary. Uh, The word missionary is never used in the Bible. It literally means a sent one, one that's sent out. And that's our primary purpose is we're sent here to take the gospel into the whole world. So he says he's given missionaries into that. He's given prophets. I believe in the gift of prophecy. But I also believe the whole church moves in this, that there are those who have kind of a prophetic voice. Some of those are churches with incredible influence in our world. Some of them are authors of books who speak a prophetic message and say, hey, this is the, what the church needs to hear. There's leadership given to the body of Christ that way. And then there's evangelists, those who are just given by God's power to communicate the gospel into powerful ways. So we have missionaries, we have people who have a prophetic voice, we have evangelists, and then we have these pastors and teachers. Uh, Greek scholars wrestle over this, whether that's two places or one. Uh, in the Greek, it could be pastor hyphen teacher. I'm good with that. Or it could be pastors and teachers. I'm good with that either. I mean, either way, the point of it is he's given these for his church. Why? What is it they're supposed to do? He tells us, go back with me, and he gives it to us this way. So he himself gave these, these leaders, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So he says there's two things that they're going to be doing. One is they're going to equip the saints for the work of ministry. They're going to be about doing that. Secondly, they're going to be about edifying. Edifying is a word that means to build up to make healthy, to build up in strength, uh, to strengthen in many ways. He says these are the things that they're given for, that God gives leaders, He gives that for that place, that they would equip the saints, that they would edify the saints and then build them up. So let's just talk for a moment. Let me just be honest and in one sense at least try to be as transparent as I can, and, and you might agree, you might disagree. I look at Calvary Roswell, and I think about things that God is doing here And I think about the idea of edifying, of building people up, and please understand me. Um, If I looked and kind of graded where we are as a church in this, I would give us a passing grade. Don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not saying that we're doing it as good as we need to be doing it. I think we could do it better, and by God's grace, we want to. We talk about ways of discipling, and, we're, and some of the things we dream of is how to be a part of just helping Christians be more, to, to grow and, and to edify. But that said, I think in one sense, because I, I do believe that one of the ways that we edify the saints is to give them the Bible, and that's what we do. We teach the Bible, verse by verse. We do that on Sundays, and we do that on Wednesdays. And I think as I look at what God is doing right now in Calvary Roswell, we could grow in edification by God's grace, I hope we do. But I think we're, I mean, we get a passing grade. But if I can be honest, when I think about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, I would not necessarily give us a very good grade. I think this is probably one of those areas that we ourselves are weak in right now. I mean, in one sense, it's evident even in this moment. I mean, as Pastor Phil takes this step out, we've not done a good job of raising up others to come underneath that, to be a part of that. There is no like, oh, Obviously, is right there. I mean, look at these other people we've been training and investing into. We've not done a good job with that, and, and I own that. I mean, I'm the pastor, so I mean, again, that's my calling to be a part of this. And so I look at it's not blaming anybody. I'm just saying it's not something we've done really, really well. But we want to change. But I think about 2022. If God gives it, if Jesus doesn't come back, which He could do, by the way. So I'm like really good with that. But if he, if He doesn't come back and we get space in 2022, boy, it's definitely one of those things we're going to do more intentionally that we want to look at this year as a a season that we want to grow in the ways of helping you discover who you are in Christ, helping you figure it out, helping you understand your gift, understand who you are, understand how that would work, whether it's being expressed here in this building or in the body of Christ as a whole is, we don't really care. We just, we just want you to be serving, want your life to be a part of what he has. And so with intention, boy, that's something we want to grow in. And and by God's grace, it'll be something that you'll hear a lot more about as we move into a new year and just saying, hey, we want to do that. Because here's again the idea, this equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It has this idea that church is not meant to be entertainment. It's not the kind of thing where you come on a Sunday, and I'm up here talking, or Phil's up here doing, and you're just the recipients, and then that's the end of church. No, in one sense, church is supposed to be, if we were to use maybe a sports analogy kind of thing, church is like a huddle. It's like a huddle on the football field and, and you come in to say, okay, what are we doing? And you're like, what's happening? And we breathe some strength into you. And, and so we as pastors and leaders are supposed to be those who kind of are on the sidelines. Maybe we are, you know, I mean, we're not really the coach. Jesus is the coach. So maybe probably better understood, we're meant to be like the water boy you know, kind of running around like, okay, you're about to go out there. Like, here's some water and got your pads on and go, go get them, you know, because you're going to go take the world, you know, and, and, and that should be what church does. Church should be a place not where we've, you know, accomplished our, our ministry just by here gathering, but you are being equipped so that you're stepping out and stepping into those things that God wants you to do. And again, that's, that's what church is supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not that we haven't seen any of that. But by God's grace, we just want to tell you, boy, this has just been one of those little wake-up calls for us. It's like, man, I mean, we already knew this. I mean, if you'd asked, us, like, yeah, we could do a better job at that. It's like, we have got to do a better job at this. Like, we have got, because we believe it. I mean, as we looked at our, the areas that Pastor Phil was leaving, it's like, you know, here's probably what's happened. They're probably here. I mean, the person that God would have to do that is probably already in our church. Now, if they're not, if, if we kind of put out this place for applications and that doesn't work and we can't find somebody in the church to fill them, then we'll look at Bible colleges. We'll reach out to a couple of the Calvary Bible colleges, see if they have anybody that would want to come and be a part of it. So, I mean, we're not trying to guilt you into it. But again, we just kind of thought, you know, it's probably here in our church and we've just done a bad job recognizing them. So again, we just want to do that better. We just want to do that better. We want to be a part of that because that would do some incredible things. Well, let's dive back in. So there you're reading. So he, he gives it to us this way. Verse 11, Jesus, is, Jesus himself gave church leaders, like pastors, like me, so that, for in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till, here's what's the aim is, here's what's most to be happening, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to a knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ. Had we a lot of time, we'd dive into this more deeply, but let's again just take it simply. So what's supposed to be happening? So we are supposed to figure, we're supposed to be being strengthened, edified, and we're supposed to be serving. We're supposed to be equipped for that. And if that happens, there's a health that happens. And part of that would be in a place where we would be knowing Christ and growing up into him. That's kind of how he says it. He uses some pretty powerful phrasing in it. I just want you to see it again. It says, we're going to come in verse 13, to we come to a unity of the faith, that there's a place that we're growing in our belief in Christ, and, and it's a united faith. Again, he talked about that at the beginning of the chapter, which we didn't go into, that there's really only one body, there's really only one body of Christ, and we're called to be those who are growing in that, but we're supposed to know him, to a knowledge of the Son of God, that we would know Jesus that we would have this relationship with him, that we would grow in him to this perfect or this mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's just a fun image. I don't know if it works for you. It works really well for me. And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to communicate it as well as I can. So, uh, some of you know, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a granddad, I might be a granddad again, as, as my, my youngest daughter's here with a baby in her womb, so I'm super excited about that. But my, 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 my first grandchild, he's just about a little over two, and so he's into this space where he's growing, and so he's kind of excited about growing. And so if we talk to him on FaceTime, he lives in Seattle, we can kind of just ask him, like, how tall are you? Like, how tall are you? And he runs. He runs over, and they have one of these, like, you know, measuring stages, you know, stations in their house where they have kind of like the, you know, kind of yardstick on the wall. And he just goes and stands against it, like, "Like, mark me, like, like, show me where I, like, this is how big I am kind of deal. And so we even did that yesterday with him. And I thought, you know, what a cool picture because in some ways he says, here's what you and our, we can grow. And like, here's where our mark is, but we could say, okay, well, we want to grow up to be more like Jesus. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And and unlike physical growth, it's not, you you know, we're not limited in any place. All of us are meant to grow. And he says, here's the thing, I want you to be more like Jesus. I, I want us to grow. I want us to grow in who he is, that we'd know Jesus, that we would become more filling that out, growing up so we could put that mark up there and say, I'm more like him. Like almost that place where you kind of put yourself on the mark on the wall. Some of you have done that with your kids and stuff and you know, it's like, okay, here's where I was. Here's where I am. And there's kind of the sense, you know, I'm not where I was. I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet, but I'm moving. That's our, that's our goal. A, a healthy church is one that has people that are growing in Christ likeness. Not only that, He says, again, we're going to come to this place in verse 14 that we're no longer like children. I mean, kind of in this ignorance or in this place that we're easily deceived. Instead, you know, who are children who are tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, you know, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we grow up in all things in him who is the head Christ, that there should be a solidness. There should be a, a place that we're less deceived. We live in a very deceitful era. And the Bible tells us it's only growing worse and will get worse. As we think about the end times, the coming of the Antichrist, one of the things that we want to do is like, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be caught up with false teachings and false doctrines and trickery of men. And you know, I, I don't want that to be who I am. And so church is supposed to do that for you. Church is supposed to bring you into a place that that happens. Now, if you're tracking, please understand, How do you get there? How do you get to this knowing Jesus, this Christ-likeness, this solidness, this growing in truth? It's the two things that went on before this. We need to be edified, and we need to be equipped. And if I can say it to you in the most simple way, you will never be a healthy Christian unless both of those are happening, That, that both of those are happening, that you're growing, that you're being edified, and you're serving. And the reality is that some of you are on the wrong side of this. Many are, again, in that place where it's like, okay, I'm being edified. I don't actually do anything with it. You know, I just take, 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 and I don't do anything. That's unhealthy. You'll never grow. Some people can get into the place that they just serve. They're kind of the Martha of the church. Like, I'm always doing something, you know. It's like, but, you know, you need to sit, and you need to grow. There is a place where that happens. He says, if that happens, that would be healthy. That's what a church is supposed to be doing. That's what we long to be doing. And then he gives it to us in this kind of high watermark there, and verse 16. So he says, you know, we're growing up, we're speaking the truth in love that we can grow up into all things to as him, the head Christ, verse 15, excuse me. Then verse 16, from whom? From Jesus. Him, the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So here's what's going to happen. If this does right, if a church is doing what they're supposed to be doing, it becomes this body, this, this Christian body, this, this church that is joined, effective, growing, edifying itself in love. That there is this connection, there is this joining, this partnership, this participation, this fellowship that we talked about last Sunday. There's this place where it's effective, like we're actually, it's working, I mean, we're growing, and we're a growing church, not numbers. We've never been a church that is aimed at numbers. We'll never be a church that aims at numbers, but we don't want to be a stagnant church. We want to be growing, and our growth is in growing more and like Christ, growing in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and yes, wanting to impact the world in all the ways he'd have, But then he just gives us this picture. He says, if that happens, then it's just the whole church. Every part is firing. Every part is doing their part. Everybody's figuring out who they are in Christ, and they're edifying each other in love. And it's just beautiful. Now, I wish I could say that better to you. Um, For me, verse 16, it's like like a work of art. I don't know if you like that, if you're one of those people that can go to a museum and, and look at an artist and walk around it. For me, sometimes truth is that way, and this is one of those. I mean, I just feel like I could sit here and stare at this all day and think, wow, that is so beautiful. That would be so amazing. To watch a people knowing who they are in Christ join together, growing the whole body just serving one another, loving one another, edifying one another. And it's as if he says, that's what we are meant to be. Like, this is a good picture of church, of of its intention. So I suppose in some ways, I just wanna take this opportunity right here in this space of saying, that's where we're going. I mean, we believe this is what God has laid before us. So it's always what he's laid before us. I think it's always what his intention is for a church. But as we think through where we are right now, we just want to, with more intention, tell you, hey, this is what we're doing, and we want to invite you to be a part of it with us. We want to invite you into this space where we would look at what's happening right now, and again, just comfort, confidence, dependence, but, boy, we want to grab it. We want to grab hold of what God has made us for and believe that it could be more beautiful than we've yet even begun to imagine. I hope that makes sense. I hope in one sense, you find that even helpful as you're trying to process through even just, you know, Pastor Phil's announcement and where we are as a church that you would understand what we're doing, but in some sense is inviting you to be a part of it. Now, again, there's so much more that could be said. Hey, ask us questions. We're not embarrassed by those. And some of them we will just tell you we have no idea. just like, We're praying too. We're, we're open and God, he might have a whole different understanding. I mean, we might be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we make plans, God directs steps. We'll be great with that. We'll be great with whatever he does. We just want it. But I want to invite you to be a part of that. So I want to close this way. I recognize, again, very different Sunday, very different kind of process. And for some of you, you're newer here, or this is not, you're like, okay, I'm not, I mean, I kind of get where you guys are. Maybe it's harder. Others, but it probably applies to your life as well. In one way or another, there's not a, a single one of us. I don't think that God is not saying, okay, here's what we should be doing in this moment, being comforted, confident, dependent, but trying to advance. That we would say with Paul, like, one thing I do, I'm forgetting the past. I'm, I'm reaching out to what's ahead. Like, that's my life. That's how I do life. And we want you to do that with us. But as we close, I want to say this. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. And, you know, you've got a chance to watch us walk through things that we're going through. And, again, maybe an odd thing, but also maybe very, very helpful. So you can see our intention of who we are, our belief in what God is doing, and that you could be a part of that. But I want to invite you into it as well. I was reading yesterday as we uh, read through our church reading, some of you are reading with us there in the the book of Philemon, Paul says it this way, speaking of Onesimus, and he he says Onesimus was begotten, or Onesimus was born again. And as he describes this, kind of speaking to Philemon about this, this servant that used to be his that had run off, he says, who was once unprofitable to you, but now is profitable, both to you and to me. And I want to tell you, that's God's intention for every life, if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to say it truthfully. You are unprofitable. Your life has, has no eternal spiritual bearing. Hell is coming and emptiness is a part of it. Your life living in this world, it, it invests into nothing. Like you could advance the, this world. You could gain awards. You could gain things in this world, but it's all going away. It's a pipe dream. It doesn't, it's like chasing the rainbow. There's emptiness in the midst of that. You, your, your life isn't that. But I believe this, that maybe I'm speaking to somebody right now, that's exactly what you sense, that you long for purpose. You long to say, is, is this it? Is my life nothing? Is, is, is who I am nothing? And, and I, do, I believe you've been built for something more. I believe inside your heart is being given the desire to say, I don't want my life to be empty or pointless or just have no meaning. I want to be profitable. I want my life to to be a part of seeing things eternally done. And if that's you here this morning that's outside of that, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus because Jesus would bring you. He would do what nothing else can do. He, He brings us into a place because he gave himself for us that brings us to be forgiven of our sin, that causes us to be born again. And then in the midst of the passage that we talked about this morning in Ephesians, in that moment, the one who who was on high, who descended and ascended, he pours out grace. He pours out grace so that every Christian now becomes somebody whose life has value eternally into a place that your life is meant to be profitable. Your life is meant to be like, okay, I want to do something that's going to last beyond the few moments of this world. I want to do something that's going to touch eternity and your life is meant to do that. So if you're here this morning and you just needed to hear that and be invited into a relationship with Jesus, today we invite you into a place where your life could move from being unprofitable to profitable, to having a life of no point, to eternal life and significance. And if that's you, it's a great time for you to surrender your life to him even now. So let's do this. Let's just take a moment and pray. All right, wherever this has met you this morning, maybe again, for you it's surrendering your life to Jesus. Or maybe for you, some of you have been impacted through this and things that God is seeking to do in you. But for all of you who are followers of Jesus, would you even take a moment and just pray for this church? Pray for us right now. Pray that God would bring us into what he has for us and that we would be a church that he really wants us to be. So Let's just take a moment, you pray, I'll do the same, and then we'll close in worship in just a moment. God, we celebrate your work even right now. I do want to pray comfort on your people, that you would be with us now, some struggling with change, and even in the midst of this, that they would just be met by you in this moment. You would give us confidence, confidence that you're doing a good thing, and we want what you have, and we want to depend on you right now, depend on you for what you're doing in Pastor Phil, but what you're doing in this church, and say, God, our eyes are on you right now. We want to see you. We want to see what you're going to do. And yet, Lord, as we're praying for that very clearly, we see your intention for church. And we pray that we would be that, that you would pour out in your people that place where this gathering, this church would be a place where your saints are equipped and edified, that they're growing to be more like you, Jesus that we're protected from the lies and deceptions that abound in our world and even in the, the realms of Christianity. Instead, you would grow us up, that we would be a church that is edifying each other, that is growing, working. God, would you work that to be true here? And for anybody that's on the outside of that, whose life is lived in a place of being unprofitable, would you rescue them? Would you rescue them even now and bring them in? We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's you again. We'd love to talk to you after this and we give you that opportunity. But right now, let's all stand. We'll close in worship, just making God our focus and longing that he would work a good work in us. And we bless you right now in God's name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.